What is going on guys? My name is Mac. Across from me, lifelong friend basketball connoisseur Garrett Howe. To my right, producer, executive, boss man, president, owner of All You Need to Know, Quinn Eden. We're back in person today, guys, after three weeks of virtual or two? We did three virtual. Three, three virtual. virtual. And man, it felt very depressing being in my dark room for those three Thursdays. <laughs> and uh, anyway... Something special. I hinted at it last week, guys. To my left, we have Charlotte Hornets enthusiast, absolute <laughs> madman on the podcast microphone, Brady Morgan. How you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, mate? You know, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a nice Tuesday. You know, I took the garbage off, did some manual labor. But, uh, but yeah, guys, this is the Press Breaker podcast coming at you for the sixth episode. And today... We're talking about the Charlotte Hornets. That's why we brought Brady here. He knows about the team. He knows what they need to do to get to the promised land, as in the playoffs. And, you know, LaMelo Ball might be able to take over and lead them to a championship. Who knows? You never know. But uh, just one thing we needed to touch on. Um, old boy Dennis Schroeder signed a one-year, what did I say, 5.9? Yeah, $5.9 million contract with the Boston Celtics. The, that doesn't really matter that much, but the you know. biggest unintentional pay cut ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man rejected eighty-four million and got five point nine in return. So hey, <laughs> selfish. Beggars can't be choosers, you know what I mean? Exactly. So anyway, Brady, run us down what you think is going to be the starting lineup of the two thousand twenty-one two thousand twenty-two Charlotte Hornets. So so far, I think that it's going to be roughly the same thing as last year, but I think these young guys will actually get a chance to start towards the end of the year. So I think LaMelo Ball is clearly a point guard. Obviously, yeah. Terry, of the year. Yeah, I mean, you can't beat the numbers. Yeah. Terry Rozier, he's short for a shooting guard, but I think he will definitely be in shooting guard position. I like Terry Rozier. Yeah. Terry Rozier, he's a good player. He's, a, he's very good. He's, you know, he just plays with a lot of emotion, plays with a lot of heart. Doesn't really give up, and he's tremendous on the fast break. Uh, offensive transition, he's absolute bucket getter. He can find the open man, and scary Terry. Exactly, he's help. Yeah, I I think it's a dangerous backcourt for sure because, like with Lamelo, you can set up a lot more plays. But Terry is a very good ISO guard, so I think he adds a lot to the table. And really, they're really just those two alone are really going to make defenses struggle yeah, for a long time. I agree. I think. Now, it's going to hurt him losing Devontae, but last year he didn't really produce. So, I mean, it's their call. But Gordon Hayward, I think it's small forward. And I think if, the way Miles played last year, I don't know. He and PJ, I think, are going to be fighting for that number four spot. And then I'm not too sure about the center either. I mean, we don't know if Bismack's on the team or not. So, But Mason Plumlee is there. Uh, to the PJ and Miles point, I think I noticed Miles played really solid off the bench. Like that, I felt like he was really solid in that role. He had a lot of double doubles or close to because he's not as he is right now. He's not somebody that is looking to explode offensively. So I think he comes in, plays the role, and he plays it very well. Whereas PJ is a much more offensive based player, I would say. Yeah, but to counter that, Miles Bridges and Lamelo Ball play extremely well together. They're one of the best you know, alley-oop duos in the league. The PNR there is insane. So you really would like to see LaMelo and Miles on the court at the same time. So does that give... Who's their coach? James Borrego? Mm -hmm. yeah. Does that give Borrego the green light to start Miles Bridges 
instead of P.J. Washington, or does he come off the bench and be that explosive guy that really just gets the team morale up whenever it's a bench-in-the-game situation? Uh, I would say looking at their guards, he'll probably just, I would say he'll keep him off the bench, because Ish Smith is not going to play more than 10 minutes, probably. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think, because Terry and Lamelo are young enough where they can play 40, and it's not going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't think. So, I think I think that he'll come off the bench, and I mean they have Ubre too, so mm-hmm. he could start. I mean, yeah, he's Oubre, a, he yeah, is a starting caliber forward. Yeah, he's proven that time and time again. And Miles, he, I mean, just like Patty Mills, Manu, James Harden at the Thunder, like if they can fit that role, that's the best spot they need to be in. They don't need to leave it because they're the spark off the bench, and if things are going wrong and they come in, they can change everything. That's true. That's very true. But Ish Smith, not too big of a fan of Ish Smith. He did have some good years in Detroit, I believe, way back in the day when he was on Detroit. He had some pretty decent years. But, I mean, $6 million a year. Did he only get signed for one year? Uh, Yeah, I think he did. Okay, so I guess that's not too bad. But if you were signing them for three or four years, I think $6 million is way too much. But... You already know what your team is. There's no there's no problem in overpaying for a backup point guard when you know you're not going to be spending the money elsewhere. Kind of like that uh kind of like that situation with DeRozan we talked about last week. Yeah. Is it an overpay maybe, but they know that their team is set now, so they can overpay yeah. it, you know, and if he doesn't produce, they'll just trade him at the trade deadline. So yeah, when it comes to guards, you know, they got rid of Devontae Grant or not got rid, they lost Devontae Graham, but like you said with Terry Rozier, he's an ISO guard. Devontae Graham's just the same thing, just a couple inches shorter. Yeah, not so, as athletic. So getting rid of Devontae Graham is really not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. considering you have Lamelo Ball, who put up I think fifteen point nine points in his rookie campaign. Uh, you got Miles Bridges, who you know is fantastic on offense when he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's corner three. He's a marksman. So I don't think you have any offensive production issues. Your defense. Maybe lacking. I mean, you do have Lamelo, who's six six guard. You have Gordon, who isn't an amazing defender, but he definitely knows how to defend that spot. Yeah. So, you uh. Yeah, I would say that Gordon Hayward uh, is actually a very underrated defender, and we were talking about just you know the fact of like salary cap and trying to make things work for the Hornets. Like you have to think that pound for pound, dollar <laughs> dollar for dollar, the best contract that they have on that team is Gordon Hayward with the four year one hundred twenty million dollar contract. <laughs> And, and I'm being serious because they waived Nick Batum to make space to sign him, right? So Great Nick, move, Nick Batum, okay, he was a pretty good player by himself. They said, not as good as this man right here. They signed Gordon Hayward. And $120 million over four years, that's a chump change to try to get Gordon Hayward. And I also, if you guys don't mind, have a piece that I wrote uh, for a college class about how Gordon Hayward is, in fact, statistically better than LeBron James and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Show us. So I don't. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll, I'll hit the main parts. And of course, this is a little dated. So uh, this is whenever he had only been in the league for around six years. So some of the statistics I'd have to go through an update, but I don't have the time to do that. And I'm just trying to speed this up so you guys can get back to it. But I just want to make sure, like, if we're talking about the Hornets, I mean, the main person that's there, Lamelo Ball, sure, he's the flashy guy, but that center, <laughs> that center piece that, that you have, the yeah, veteran, the veteran piece is Gordon Hayward. So. And this is, of course, uh, comparing him to LeBron James and Michael Jordan statistically. So, but it just becomes clear whenever you look at the stats that he's the best player of the three. Um, you know, to begin, out of the three players, Gordon Hayward is the only one to have a state title in his high school career. In the 2008 Indiana State Championship game, 
Hayward hit a game-winning layup to put Marion High School on top, 40-39. to 39. So it was a barn burner wow. in that high school game. LeBron and Michael Jordan both failed to bring their high school state titles. Hayward went on to play for the Bulldogs of Butler University, right? In college, everybody remembers that. He was inches away from bringing a national championship to that school when he famously almost hit a half-court shot to win the national championship. Now, there are a lot of people that say, well, Michael Jordan hit a game-winning shot in the national championship in 1982. That's true, but you have to think of the difficulty level compared to the one that Gordon had. Michael Jordan inside the, inside the lane shooting a jumper to win the national championship versus Gordon Hayward almost hitting a half-court shot to win the, win the national championship. You have to kind of factor that in, make sure that you understand that. Um, and there's a, lot, there's a lot of other stuff to it. Um, LeBron, of course, didn't do anything in college, oh, yeah. so you, you can't really even talk about him there. Yeah, he was an end-of-the-bench guy in college. And then the career averages are extremely <laughs> close, right? So whenever you look at these carefully, Jordan averaged 30.1 points a game, shot 49% for his career. LeBron's current average around 27 points a game, uh, actually around 50% from the field. So it's, it's actually pretty good. And then Gordon Hayward standing at 6'8", career average uh, in his first six years of 14.8 points per game and shooting 44% from the field. But you have to remember that his career is not – all the way, like all, all the way complete, like Michael Jordan and LeBron James has been in the league longer. So you have to think that he's going to catch up at some point. But just, those are just some statistics. And then uh, uh, the last thing that uh, Gordon Hayward said himself in 2014, he said one on one versus LeBron James. This is a quote verbatim one on one versus LeBron James, he would get crushed. We would all witness, uh, we would all be witness to a straight up annihilation. And that's uh, Gordon Hayward speaking on if he played LeBron James one on one. Now, if that's in basketball or video games, I'm not sure. Sorry. You know, that's a good point. That wow. very, you've really just opened my eyes to a whole new reality that I didn't even know existed. It's a great contract. Um, he's making so much money. I, okay, so I will say <laughs> to, to defend Gordon, I also doubted the contract, but then he came out and played very well to start the season until, what, foot? I had, I had him in fantasy, and he was my guy. Yeah, foot or something, right? I have no clue. But regardless, he was playing really well, and I think that's one of the reasons they didn't make the playoffs, because him and LaMelo were both out. Well, that's definitely mm-hmm. the reason they didn't make the playoffs. But... Yeah, uh, yeah, that's 100% the reason yeah. they didn't make the playoffs. Gordon was playing well. But, I mean, when you do have Gordon starting at the three, and you have Kelly Oubre coming in to back him up, I think that that is a super good combo. You know, you have offense and defense and good looks in both your strings. I mean... You're talking about Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre Jr., potentially two of the best-looking men in the NBA. That's true. I mean, they're... Nobody ever talks about, nobody ever really talks about how good Gordon Hayward looks. He, it's always good. Nice. Clean always, cut. All yeah. the time. Always. Nice, nice beard, always. That's true. He's, he's on fleek, as the teenage girls say. But, anywho, uh, I don't even know where to come back to this. I'm just Let's, let's attack all. their center situation. They don't really... Let's, so, let's, let's see. They signed Mason Plumley. Mm-hmm. They drafted Kyle Jones. Last year they drafted Nick Richards and Vernon Carey. And we assume they might have Bismack. I hope. I don't know why they would. It seems like they're going towards a younger center route. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know why they would sign Mason Plumley. Or let Cody Zeller go. Because Cody Zeller is not just the greatest thing to look at on the basketball court as far as skills and stuff. But he was exactly what they needed. And yeah. he worked for a while. Yeah. But I mean... Like, Hopefully, you know, we talked about it on the draft show. Kai Jones, rim protector. I hope he can get the job done there because, I mean, they really they need a good rim protector. They need a good defensive anchor. 
And I mean, to be honest, Kai Jones is kind of like a Rudy Gobert, except I see a lot more offensive upside in his game. I did end up watching some of his highlights. His footwork is phenomenal. He he knows what to do inside the paint when it comes to offense and definitely defense. I mean, he's definitely a rim protector. So if he can, you know, have the upside that everybody thinks he can, that's two extremely good draft years in a row for Charlotte. And that sets them up for, you know, a straight up sky's the limit type future because yep. you have Lamelo who has cemented himself in my opinion as a good good player will he be an all-star you never know hopefully will he be a superstar you never know hopefully but I think in the grand scheme of the Charlotte Hornets organization I think that they're in a super good spot for the future however that's on the that is hoping that Kai Jones turns out to be whatever I think he's going to be. If he doesn't turn out, then they still have a front court problem. But you know, when it comes to when it comes to this year, obviously, you know, I think they're set. I don't think they plan on making any more moves. But I think that they're in a good spot to test it out for one year. I definitely think that by the end of the year, Kai Jones will be starting. I would say that if Kai Jones and potentially Vernon Carey or Nick Richards come in and get valuable minutes, then Plumlee's gone at the deadline. I would say. Oh yeah. They're gonna because he's thirty one. Really? They're th- he's thirty one and they're all twenty three or younger. So I I'd say that he's booted mm-hmm. if if they produce because yeah. why would they not stick with young athletes that don't have to score all the time? That's all they need is young athletic centers that can defend. But he could give them experience. He could coming off the bench. He could. I just think it was a bad move on maybe Borrego. I don't know who really called the shots there. Somebody in the front office, maybe. I just think it was a bad idea to draft Vernon Carey and Nick Is Was Nick Richards a rookie last year? Yes. Yeah, that's what uh, I don't know why you draft both of them and not give them much playing time at all. They didn't play really at all. They Like, why waste your draft pick if you don't believe in them? They must... Either they have a bad attitude or they saw something in the camps or something. But to my knowledge, I thought Vernon Carey was going to be a good NBA player. I, he had all the potential to be. We just never got to see him on the court. And, I mean, I watched probably eight or nine Hornets games last season. Not too many, but I watched a good bit. And I don't think I ever once saw Vernon Carey on the court. I mean, it could be a size thing. He's only 6'9", but, I mean, he does also weigh 270. Yeah, he's, he's a man. He's very athletic. He can jump out the gym. I think he can shoot okay for a center as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't know why they would draft both of them and then just stick with Bismack off the bench all year, I feel like, especially when they were kind of officially out of the playoff race. Why not bring them up and just let those two yeah. play? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I'm a fan of Bismack. I am a fan of Bismack, too. When more he was on, more than Cody Zeller. Yeah, I mean, when he was on Toronto, he had that game against Cleveland when he had, like, I think 14 points and 26 rebounds or something like that. Yeah. It was absolutely nuts. And he's just always been a rebounding specialist. And, you know, I think he could definitely mentor. If they don't play him, he could definitely mentor, you know, like Kai Jones, Vernon Carey, Nick Richards, all those guys. But, yeah, I think Biombo is a good fit for Charlotte. It just depends on if they want to keep him or not. Right, and and you're talking about you know, people that could be good mentors and, and people that you really like. Somebody that I really like on the Charlotte Hornets, of course, is Gordon Hayward. And I don't know if you guys know this, and, and you probably watched him playing basketball. He's got great hands, great hand-eye coordination. Anybody know why that he's might be the case? Gamer. Well, he's a gamer, but uh, back whenever he grew up in Brownsburg, Indiana, of course, he played two sports for the most part whenever he was a kid. He played basketball and tennis. His parents, mm. uh, Gordon and Jody Howard or Hayward, 
were both average sized people, five foot ten inches tops. Wait, right? his dad was named Gordon too? Yes. Oh, that's so crazy. that's cool. But his parents both five ten, so they were like, Well, he's probably not gonna be that tall. They got him into tennis, both him and his sister. So Gordon is this really good tennis player, but then all of a sudden he grows up to six eight. So that's where kinda of like Anthony Davis, right? He comes in playing like a guard spot, kinda of smaller than he grows up and he's got the guard abilities, but of course he's got the size as well. Mm -hmm. So Fun fact, he almost actually quit basketball because that growth spurt, growth spurt came so late, he might have played tennis. What if we were watching Gordon Hayward play against Rafael Nadal? That's a good question. Mm, that's a good point. Another fun fact, he has a tennis court in his backyard. Makes sense. Yes, it does. Saw that on his stream one day. <laughs> Shout out Gordon Hayward. Some numbers at the end on Twitch. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think that the guard situation in Charlotte... I think it's pretty set, you know? Maybe get a few backups because, to my knowledge, I think they only right now have LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Ish Smith, and is Cody Martin? Is he a guard or is he a forward? So he's listed as a small forward, but we all, I mean, him and Caleb played guards, like played point guard, shooting guard in college. All yeah. four or five years ago yeah. there. And they have the rookie, Book Knight and Boo Knight. Oh, yeah, James Boo Knight. So yeah. I think that's probably why they wow, let Devontae they just... go. I totally forgot about James Boonight. Let's talk about him. He's he's a good player. I think he's a perfect fit for Charlotte. Uh, because in college, hang on, can you pull up James Boonight's stats in college? Yes. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was extremely efficient from the field, if he, I remember he correctly. He okay. game, too. That's great in college. Because, I mean, if you score 20 in college, you're you're a bad man. I'm looking you're at his college statistics. Uh, yes. Pretty sure Kate Cunningham averaged twenty. So I mean, yeah. Boone Knight's only only. I mean, that, I mean, so. let's slow down here. James Boone Knight is no Kate Cunningham. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like that's a lot of points in college. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, he was extremely efficient from the field, which I think is something that Charlotte really prides themselves on. I mean, you saw it in the summer league uh, yesterday, two days ago. The ball movement on Charlotte. I did watch that game because I wanted to watch LiAngelo Ball. Which we'll get to that yeah. in a second. Uh, they the the ball movement was just nuts for Charlotte, and it was last season as well because you know we have Airbnb with Lamelo and <laughs> Miles Bridges. They they just know how to move the ball around, and they have such good team chemistry. And I think that can be uh, I think that can be a I don't know what the word is, but I think it's because they're all young. I think that's why they know how to mesh. They have good team chemistry. James Boonight. Uh, 6'5", 190 pounds, those using the metric system, 196 centimeters, 86 kilograms. Um, let's see here, 2020-2021 UConn stats, right? That's what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Are we looking career? Because he played two years. Or are we just looking for sure, last we'll year? Sure, we'll look for career. So career averages, 15 points, uh, 4.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists. He shot 45% from the field. 45% from the field for a guard is not bad whatsoever. Uh, because, I mean... You, you, once you get 50%, you're talking like crazy. Like, you're talking like Russell Westbrook numbers. Like, people that don't shoot a lot, really. Yeah, like, shoot closer. jumpers a lot, yeah. yeah. They're they're shooting layups. So, sorry about that. 45% from the field for your lead guard is amazing. That's straight efficiency. That's almost the definition of efficiency. Because he's a man. Like, he gets all the shots. Yeah. And so, if your first option is shooting 45% from the field, you're going to have a good time. You're going to win a lot of games. And... I think you pair that with, you know, a defensive anchor like Kai Jones, you're going to be extremely efficient on both ends of the floor. And you're not going to miss much. You're going to get the open shot. A one and a half assist for a guard, not really a fan of that. But, hey, you got LaMelo. He's one of the flashiest playmakers in the league right now, and he's only 19. So I think 
James Boonite, great, great addition, great draft. I just really got to give a hand to the front office of Charlotte. They know how to draft. Do they know how to use their draft picks? Yeah, we didn't really see that with Vernon Carey yeah. and Nick Richards, but <clears throat> but you know they do know how to draft them. So they they're going to be something off the bench. They're going to be very explosive. Yeah. Uh, they have so many options. They do. So I'm assuming their bench unit will be probably Boonite, Smith, uh, PJ, and Miles. Maybe if you start Kelly Oubre, there's so many different ways they can go with yeah, their forward position. They're gonna have, assuming, assuming James Boonite gets minutes right off the bat, which I think he will, and assuming they sign Leangelo Ball, which let's talk about that for a second. How do you feel about Leangelo Ball, Brady? I mean, you're you're the Hornets fan. How do you feel about it? I mean, I know that it's like, it's not for Leangelo. I feel like it's more for publicity. But he did produce in a summer league game. He he he, he has really produced did. in both games. Yes. And that's the one thing that they that's like one of the main things that they need. They need a knockdown shooter. So when they go inside, they can kick it out right to him, mm-hmm. and they know he's going to knock it down. They mm-hmm. didn't really have that last year. They didn't have they, that knockdown yeah, guy. They they have people that can shoot the three, but yeah, they don't have straight marksmen like JJ Redick or Duncan Robinson or something like Jason that. Jason Capono. Who's that? Who's wait? Whoa! Am I am I tripping? Who is that? Jason Capono. I don't know who that I don't is. Know how it is there. You guys gotta do your research. <laughs> Who's okay. Jason Capone? He's a three-point contest legend. Before I think I he's won it like three times. Well, I guess I'm gonna look that up later. Uh, yeah, uh, in what? the NBA. Yes. Well, smack me silly and call me Lily. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't. I think the only thing that makes sense for the Hornets and Angelo is a two-way deal at this point. Like they, they shouldn't sign him for a real contract because. Summer league numbers are not real numbers. That's just how it is. Like, but I think his game could translate. It I mean, could. If he if he's meant to be a marksman, then the summer league hitting threes in the corner is going to be the same as NBA hitting threes Fair. in the corner. But again, it can be a lot different. I mean, yeah. pace of the game. You just have to take baby steps. I, yeah, I would say give him a two way, and I would just see where it goes because well, they have to play half in the G League and half above, right? No, I think. Is it different I, now? I think the rules are you, if, oh, dude, it's some weird stipulation. It's like, I know they have a month, to be... a month into the season, they can't play more than like X amount of NBA games, and then there's a time period where you have to either call them up for the rest of the season or send them to the G League for the rest of the season. I don't know when that period is. It might be at the trade deadline, honestly. Probably. But it does come out to, like, a, you have to have them up on your roster for half the NBA season, right? I think so. so. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say, obviously, they're not going to play him every game unless he's just stellar. But I would say definitely bring him up early and then throw him in for 10 minutes while you're still trying to figure out your guards. Because they could transfer Boo Knight into a point guard role. I don't think that would be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And PJ can also play the four off the or the five off the bench, too. Like that's him. So, there's a... There's so many things that their roster can be. Yeah. It's it's such a big question mark, they, really. They have they have eleven to twelve players that deserve to be in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And we know what James Borrego he doesn't like to play that many people. He only likes to play nine or ten people at max. So there's gonna be a lot of feelings hurt over there in Charlotte. I don't know how that's gonna correspond to how they do as a team, but they definitely either have to expand their horizons or cut some people out and I really don't know which one it's going to be. Which one do you think it's going to be, Brady? Oh, man. 
I'm not a big fan of the Martin twins. I don't think they'll get a lick of playing time. One of them's already well, out. Caleb's already out. Yeah, so Cut him. the other one, he's he's gone. I'd say he's, he's, he's gone. gone too. Because yeah. what they just they drafted JT Thor too. Yeah. I mean, I forget that's about a, JT that's Thor, really man. Those two are probably not getting playing time this year. I mean, let's be honest. Unless somebody gets drastically injured, yeah. those two are probably in the G League all year, maybe next year too. <laughs> because Ubre's there for two. Miles is going to get extended. PJ's going to get extended. Gordon Hammer's there for two more after this one. So. Those two are probably just a wash for at least two years. Yeah, which is unlucky because I do think they deserve some playing time. It's just not going to work, I don't think. And I think out of the two of Vernon Carey and Nick Richards, I think I would have to pick Vernon Carey over Nick. Even though he's my Kentucky boy, he just does not have a jump shot. He has absolutely zero offensive game. Why not send him down to the G League? I think that's where he's been most of the time. Oh, really? I think that's where him and I, Vernon were. I, I don't were. watch G League games, so. I don't either. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's where him and Vernon were most of the time, and sometimes they'd be on the bench. It looked like halftime or in street clothes. Yeah. If they were there, so. Yeah, and I, I mean, like you said, it's just a weird thing to dissect. There's so many ways you can go about this. There's so many ways you can form this team. I think really the only, the only thing cemented is Lamelo and Gordon at this point. I think. As for right now, I mean, Terry Rozier could come off the bench. Maybe a lineup of of LaMelo. Uh, no, I was going to say Ish Smith start, but well, there's no way. You there's could no way go LaMelo, Blue Knight, Gordon, Kelly, and Plumley, and then bring Terry in for Blue Knight five, six minutes in, and Terry still get 35 minutes. Yeah. That's all Terry needs to score 20, mm-hmm. 25. Mm-hmm. I mean,. I don't mm-hmm. think he would. I don't think Terry's gonna care where he's playing as long as he's getting thirty minutes. Yeah, but then when you think about when you think about starting Miles, you have to say where's PJ gonna come in at, and then once you say once you talk about PJ coming in, then you have Nick Richards or Vernon Carey who you still have to play. Then you have to develop JT Thor, and <laughs> that's really where the Mason Plumlee signing doesn't make sense to me is because they had two centers already already sitting mm-hmm. like youngsters. We're not even talking about Bismack. So then. They draft Kai Jones. Why in the world would you give Mason Plumlee money? Kai Jones? I forgot about Kai Jones. Yeah, like, why, he's still like, there. Hold on. Let me see how much money they gave Mason Plumlee. He's making like $8 much. million dollars yeah, this that's year. That's too much. Yeah. So he had a good year in Detroit. But guess what? That was in Detroit. <clears throat> yeah, that was so, on the worst team yeah, exactly. in the league. It was him and Jeremy Grant. What did you think was going to happen? And he only averaged 10 points. And yeah, speak this. Like, and so I just don't. Wow, Detroit's a good team, man. They're young. They're young. They're such a young <laughs> team. They're, they're another one or two good drafts away from being Charlotte, essentially. Yeah. You don't know where I could go. But honestly, you know, coming into this episode, I thought, wow, I'm not going to have anything to talk about because they're pretty set in stone. But mm-hmm. no, it's a cluster over there in Charlotte. I don't know what they're hey, going to do. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, Brady's just going to have to lead this because I don't know exactly where I'm going to be able to. Uh, but here we are. I'm twisted. I have no idea what they're going to do and what it will look like at the end of the season. But the goal is to make it to the playoffs. They, here's an interesting statistic, something that we can talk about. Last year's win share percentage, which is a, a statistic that I guess calculates or generates or s- determines who is the most important player to the team winning. Mm-hmm. 2020 to 2021, last year, Terry Rozier was the top win share player for the Hornets the year before. Any guesses? 2019, 2020, they went 23 and 42. Was it Terry Rozier again? Cody Zeller. Mm. 
15 million a year. He's not worth it. Is that how much the Blazers signed him for? That's how much Charlotte had him for. Mm. I think the Blazers signed him for like five. Yeah. Or something. But, like veteran minimum. you know, either way, I feel like I feel like that windshare stat is heavily influenced on if you ha- get injured or not. Probably is. Uh, I don't know. Just kind of like, pl- I don't know, plus minus is apparently the god-tier basketball statistic to measure who's good and who's not, but... But I don't know, man. I think, oh my god, I'm running through these draft picks again in my mind, and there's just so many of them. And, you know, in these episodes, we're going to be reviewing, you know, the worst teams in the league. And uh, when it comes to rebuilding, I don't think they have to do anything. Charlotte has a roster that in five years, it would not be crazy to say they could contend for a title. It would not be crazy to say that in five years. But that roster could also end up being blown up in five years. Like, it's, I, would, I would say they're a piece away, right? I mean, I would say they're a year they, away from being a year away. They need <laughs> they need another really good player, and I don't think that's going to happen because it's just such the, a small market. Yeah, team. they're the Charlotte Hornets. They have to hope that somebody develops. Somebody and they could. And you know, I've always thought this. Well, not always. I've thought this for the past like year or two, maybe. Jason Tatum, his attitude, his personality, just the way he plays and the way he like conversates with his teammates, he would be a perfect fit in Charlotte. He would so. be. Like, I know, I know it would never happen, but like, just imagine. I'm sorry, a Gordon Hayward trade yeah, for Gordon's Jason never Tatum. Yeah, Gordon's been on the Celtics before. That'd be great. Yeah, that lasted a whole six <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Reunite Gordon with his. Uh... With his old coach and Butler. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. Not even. They wouldn't be together anymore. Well, I'm just saying that's his old coach. He's well, yeah. Brad, Brad Stevens and coaching. That's so it'd be the first time that Brad Stevens was <laughs> the GM of a team that Gordon Hayward played on. That's true. That's you true. never know what would happen there. Uh, anywho. Uh, but when it comes to rebuilding, I don't think there's many trades that you can make to really solidify the team. I think... You know, maybe like Mason Plumley or Cody Zeller. Is Cody Zeller on the team? Is that no, like no, confirmed? No, no, no. Oh, okay. He's on, he's on the Blazers. He, okay. he's on like first day for Mason Plumley. I think you could trade him for like some seconds or some maybe a first round pick. Maybe somebody will give up a first round pick. I don't know. Absolutely not. <laughs> I would call that team and leave them messages about why they shouldn't uh, do that and reject that trade. But uh, you know. In in other senses, I really I don't think it'd be crazy. How much money is Terry Rozier making? He's got he's making a decent little bit. Nineteen million. Yikes. Uh, I was gonna say maybe form a trade of like Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, but that's like superstar money we're talking about, and nobody's giving up a superstar for those two players. Right, and then I just really do think that the answer is to not trade Gordon Hayward because clearly. Whenever he got there, he helped the team. Now, you look at their records, right? The 2019-2020 season, 23-42. and 42. And then 2020-2021, both shortened seasons, they went 33-39. and 39. Gordon was healthy. He was playing. They were, they were trying to help him get a playoff push. I really think the only difference there is Gordon, his quiet leadership, right? Leading by example, helping the players develop. He's a good veteran that you want to have regardless of his skill set. So even if, as he's aging... The, after this contract expires, I think you want to try to give him another four-year, $120 million contract. Maybe not that much, but I definitely think they should not get rid of him. Yeah, I'll go ahead and stop you right there. Four years, I just, I just don't know if Gordon is worth $28.5 million. I think Gordon... For, for this situation, for this for team. Situ- yeah, I w- Gordon is 
in the grand scheme of the NBA, Gordon is still at the point barely where he can make that much money. He is he's pretty much one injury away from being not. Was worth he an All Star last year? Mm, no. Yeah, I don't think he played enough to be an All Star. Uh, like he yeah, was. That's pro- He was probably giving All Star caliber numbers or close to it before he got hurt. I mean, he mm-hmm. scored forty like before they hit ten games in the season. So yeah, I mean, he was playing well. He was the guy. Yeah, I mean that uh, he was perfect for Lamelo too. He's somebody that like Lamelo could just give the ball to and just say, "Hey, score." Get my so, assist numbers up. Score. There's something. Yeah. yeah, but when they signed him, though, it was like. He's going to be the guy, you know? And it was very questionable. Yeah. Nobody really liked it, but I really do think that if he can stay out of injuries, I really do think he can be that guy. Charlotte's just one of those teams, if they stay healthy, they're in the playoffs last year. Easy. Yeah. yeah no question about no it. They were. They were, Now, I can't remember. Were they in the play-in games? No. They weren't. It was. They were just out of the play-in games. Indiana, right? Washington, and then Which Boston. Which is in their division, and they got Viva. Yep. And then it was Boston and uh, Washington. Washington was the tenth seed that played in the play-in game, right? Yeah, I'm saying there's a fourth play-in team that I can't remember who it was because it's seven through ten. It was Boston, Indiana, Washington, and X. Not not Charlotte. Was it really not Charlotte? Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. Them and the Bulls were both like three three games out with like ten games left, and they both yeah that the mid the mid pack out. of the East was extremely close last year. I do remember that, but. I mean, yeah, going back to rebuilding, there's really nothing to rebuild. You're really just waiting for your young pieces to develop at this point, which is really tough because as a GM or as a coach or, you know, as the front office, you kind of got to sit there and you kind of got to watch them struggle for maybe one or two years. But you got to realize that one day it's more than likely going to be worth it because, when I mean, when you have Lamelo and you have Terry's not young, but... I still think Terry is expanding on his game. I still do think there is room for him to get better. But when you have LaMelo developing and you have Terry very barely uh, developing, then you got people like Kai Jones, uh, you got P.J. Washington, you got Vernon Carey, you got Kelly Oubre who could potentially get better. I don't know if he will. I feel like his career's kind of plateaued at this point. He but... gets hurt now too. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's hit his ceiling and then he'll get hurt. And then he just, he's inefficient too. Yeah. When he got to Golden State last year, he was abysmal at points. It was it was gross. He's just a highlight honestly. player, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Yeah. He shows a lot of flashes. But he's, he's definitely worth having a having put, yeah, like, they, good PT. They did not pay like, a lot Good for playing him, time. So. so, yeah, really at the end of the day, when you're Charlotte, when you're Michael Jordan, when you're James Borrego, you just got to sit there and you got to wait on it. All right. Let's get some record predictions here. And playoff predictions for the Hornets. Okay. Brady, record and where you think they'll finish in the playoffs. Last year they were 33-39. and 39. I think it's going to be a 41 season. Here, let's put this on the – let's assume healthy the whole way through. Healthy, I think it's a 41 season, and I think it's a 7 or an 8 season. They were 10th okay. last year. Got it. Matic. The number that stuck out in my head was 36, so I'm just going to stick with it. I'm going to say 36 and 46. Would that equal 82? Yep. Yeah, 36 and 46. I think LaMelo averages around 23, 7. And That's a massive jump. No, it's not, not really. Eight points on how many, with how many people they have now? I mean, but he's just going to get so much better, I think. He's going to be the best point guard in the league. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he might uh, average, he might average forty a game. Okay, <laughs> no, no, okay, no. But realistically, 
I think I do think they might be one of the highest scoring teams in the NBA. They're gonna, they're gonna I, have I to do, be. I do think that. Um, I don't think. I think it's gonna be a team effort as well. I think. I, I think it wouldn't be crazy to say that there's gonna be five people on the Charlotte Hornets average above 14 points a game. They might have three or four that average 20. Honestly. Yeah. Maybe. They have. A, they have um, a real possibility to. But but yeah, I think they're gonna go 36 and 46. I think Lamelo's gonna average like 22, 23, six and five or something like that. And uh, maybe like six and eight. I don't know. But and I think they're going to hit. Uh, I'll say seventh seed. Okay. I'll say you seventh. You think at that record you'll they'll be able to hit seven? Yeah, I think I, the East is good now, man. I think the East is really good. You have Boston. You have you have Philadelphia. You have Milwaukee. You have Indiana. You have Toronto. Maybe they're. I still don't know what their future is going to be like. Um, you have Washington, who loaded up on a bunch of average players to help Bradley Beal. So something might click there. It might not be that bad. And you also have Detroit, who has, you know, a lot of people say the next... I feel like the net. I feel like all this next stuff with draft picks is just so cringe, because <laughs> Zion was the next... Uh, uh, Zion was the next LeBron. LaMelo was the next Magic. They're saying, who who did Stephen A. Smith say Cade was the next? Or maybe not Stephen A. Smith. It might have been Skip Bayless. I don't know. I get them all mixed up. They all say stupid stuff. But Anyway, they, they thought Cade Cunningham was going to be just the guy. So, potential-wise, the East might be the, the dominant conference here in like three or four years. I agree. All right, so I'm going to say that I think... If we can, if we think they'll be healthy the whole time, I'm gonna say that they're gonna win 50 games. Holy! 50? What are you on? I think they're gonna win 50, 50 games. 50 and 32. I huh? think they'll go 50 and 32. Okay. Cody Zeller. And I think they'll be without the, Malik Monk. Oh, oh, easily without Malik Monk. I think they'll be the fifth seed at that. Yeah, fifth with 50 wins. Yeah. I mean, I just called the East good, but you're calling them the best ever. <laughs> What's the oh, one seed going to be? Wait, 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 not 50. Probably, probably that would be the third seed, probably, wouldn't it? Yeah. 50 in the East, yeah. Yeah, because it'll be like 52, 53. No, I'm saying like 50 first. for Charlotte. I think so. if they're healthy, yeah. 17 more wins, though? Some, uh, early, so. some early Eastern Conference predictions uh, on a very reliable sports website that I just looked up. Number one, the Brooklyn Nets. Number two, the Milwaukee Bucks. Number three, the Miami Heat. Number four, the 76ers. Mm -hmm. I guess. All such good teams. Number five, the Hawks. And they have number six, the Chicago Bulls. The Heat? I think, yeah, the Hornets will probably slide in around uh, probably a five or six seed. It's possible that they could have 50 wins and be the five or six seed with, with as many good teams that are in the East. I got one thing to say, though. I wholeheartedly believe the Hornets are going to be a better team than the Miami Heat this year. I'm not throwing shade on my boy Kyle. I just, I'm just not a Jimmy Butler believer. I don't, I'm just not. I don't love the roster anymore. Mm -mm. I liked it when they went to the finals, and now I don't. It doesn't look good to me. Besides like five dudes. Yeah. I think the Heat got a lot better this year. I know we're not talking about the Heat because, of course, uh, they have Jimmy Butler. They signed Duncan <laughs> Robinson. They've got Victor Oladipo. They've got Bam Adebayo. I think they have a really good team. Bam Adebayo is a very good player. I will say um, that. And then they, who did they just sign? The point guard? They Kyle signed Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Uh, and 
He's, I mean, Better. not to be, I hate to say this, but he's got a pretty big butt. Like, I mean, he's got the biggest butt in the NBA. Dude, so, he was the caboose of Toronto. I'll yeah, so, that. so that caboose made its way down to Miami. I think it's going to help out a lot. Yeah. Um, but just looking at the Hornets, right? Gordon Hayward, if you win 50 <laughs> games, right? Gordon Hayward is going to have a big part of that. So I am predicting that Gordon Hayward is going to have one of his best years, 31 years old, right? He is going to average 20 points a game, and he's going to average over eight rebounds as well. Oh, I think it's going to be He can really average good... over 20. It's, yeah, well, I, I think that he's going to be doing so much on the floor that scoring isn't going to be his main issue, right? He's going to put up 20, then he's going to get close to 10 rebounds a night. I think he can also probably get four to five assists. He can average four to five assists for, throughout the year. If he does that, they win 50 games, uh, and they they lock up the five or six seed pretty easily. But of course, the best availability or the best ability is availability, availability. and uh, the Hornets struggle with that with a lot of their players. I'm going to absolutely poop my pants if they end up winning like 60 games, and somehow like this episode of the podcast just blows up, and we end up getting like insane jobs because we just knew that we're hey, sure the Hornets listen, were going to be good. They could easily be the 2016 Hawks. I mean, that's true. Exactly. They a have a, they have team. the roster to they do. Win Yo, that's a such lot a good of games. Point. That's such a good point because they're so deep. They can always saying, have good players in the game. They can easily win that many games, but mm-hmm. but they don't see. have Kent Bazemore. So <laughs> will they do it? You know, hey, you know what the Lakers do? They're probably winning seventy games now. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Oh, man. But uh, anyway, guys, uh, I I think that's about it. I think we've I think we've beat the the Charlotte horse snits the. Yeah, that I was understand bad. what you're doing. Yeah, that, we that started talking good. about other NBA teams, so that's probably a good sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, guys, hope you did enjoy this episode. Uh, if you did, follow the socials. Uh, underscore ayn2k underscore on TikTok. I don't know why that's ingrained in my head, but but it is. The the <laughs> other socials. Follow all you need to know. The show where you talk about everything, learn about nothing. Follow Press Breaker on Twitter. Press underscore Breaker. Follow me on Twitter at arsonxl. Follow Garrett underscore Garrett something. You change your username, man. Garrett <laughs> underscore Al underscore. Okay, that, that's not that bad. No. Brad, you got anything you want to plug? I'm not a big social guy anymore. Okay, I'm right. sorry. That's fair. That's fair. But hey, you're a Charlotte Hornets enthusiast. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for enlightening us about the Charlotte Hornets. I see. Hang on, real quick. Let's go over your paperwork here. You guys. Yeah, just look at that. He did his look research. Look at this homework. It's like a stack of thirty pages. Yeah, he's. I mean, you can flip those. That's more work than Curtis has ever done. I mean, look at that. Uh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Dude, talking about Jalen McDaniels, that's a guy that needs to get playing time. We didn't even talk about it. We, we can't now. It's too yeah, late. We yeah, can't. But, part two. Uh, but, yeah, while you're still looking over that, I hope everybody enjoyed this. And we've, what, Mac got four more weeks of this style planned here? Four more teams we're going to dissect, get into I, here? I think so. At least four. Yeah. I think. When's I the mean, season start? It'll be late October, I think, or right. mid-October. So, well, I mean, we have a, we can got, go we've a, got while. a while. We yeah. can go we through can a go lot in. of teams. But, yeah, make sure to hit us up on the socials, guys, if you did enjoy this. Next week, what team are we doing next week? Malice in the Palace. Ooh. Is let's, it Detroit next week? Let's do Detroit next week. All right, we're doing Detroit <laughs> next week. Talking about Killian Hayes, Cape Cunningham, all that. Make sure to tune in Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. Central. Jeez, that's not right. But anyway. Pacific. Yeah, 6 a.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, and... There we go. There it is. Like 1 p.m. 1 p.m. GMT. (laughs) All right, we're out. Later, guys. Have a safe day.